Welcome to the Level Up Podcast, brought to you by Century 21, the Harrelson Group, featuring masterminds with real estate leaders, coaches, and influencers, plus eye-opening strategy sessions with up-and-coming agents. You'll learn exactly how to go from agent to entrepreneur. And now, let's get to the latest episode of Level Up. Hello and welcome, everybody. Welcome back to the Level Up Podcast. We've got an awesome special guest with us today. We're talking about how to build a listing machine that takes 20 plus listings a month. So this is going to be an awesome conversation, guys. If you are watching here live on Facebook, uh, make sure to uh, to comment, ask your questions, put the comments in the in the comment section right below here on the video. And I uh, just wanted to first welcome Greg Harrelson back. It's been only a few days since we did one of these. It's been fun. Yeah, I tell you what, I'm excited. I mean, we got another uh, a guest in Haas that's got a lot of energy, a lot of depth of knowledge. Um, so let's uh, let's get it going. So Haas Pratt, man, welcome to the show. Thanks, guys. It's good to be back. It's always a pleasure. Thanks for having yeah. me. So this is going to be a lot of fun. So you've been you've been hard at work slaving, slaving uh, in, in in the lab um, with uh, with the listing boss book and and the principles that you're talking about. And so we want to get into that uh, building a listing machine, but uh, kind of give people an idea of of the genesis of the, of the idea and why you went this direction. What what is kind of the big idea of the book? Right. So like to be a blueprint, right? So listing mm-hmm. boss is uh you know the definitive blueprint for real estate success. The book that I wrote. Um, since we launched, it's became a number one um, international bestseller, and the feedback has been off the charts around the book. Um, and I'll tell you why um, I think that is, is because I, I wanted to create a book that was a model that anybody could get into real estate or is already in real estate and could build a listing-based business and be able to have more freedom in their business and be able to think the right way long-term for the industry and uh, and also equip them for the new era, right? I mean, Real estate's changing. How do we position ourselves and our services? And so those are all topics that I, um, that I wanted to lay out um, for any agent in a step-by-step format. And that's what the listing boss is. There's 12 essentials in the book. We'll get into, I'll share some of those today as we're, uh, as we're discussing it. But um, it was written to be a model for anybody who wanted to succeed in real estate. Cool. And do you want to speak just real quick to to the folks out there that that really enjoy or or think that working with buyers is kind of the way to go? And and why why listings first? You know, well, I'm biased. I, I've you know, I was uh, I moved to a market where I didn't know anybody in my early 20s here in the Dallas Dallas Fort Worth area. I moved here, um, brand new market, right? And uh, I had a, a mentor early on who said, "Don't work, don't work buyers, work listings. Go put signs in the ground." Every day, Haas, your job is to do nothing but to go put another sign in the ground. Every day, the first thought before you, when you open your eyes, you think, how do I go put another sign in the ground today? And so I've never worked a buyer in my life, and, and, um, ever. And, uh, but I would list anywhere between 20 and 30 homes a month, and I built a listing-based business um, that was more of a machine because I could control my inventory. So like, let's say right now, right, a lot of people are you know, maybe have some uncertainty about their markets. Maybe their market's been smoking hot and it's now it's shifted to where homes are sitting on the market a little bit, right? Where, you know, now they're like, well, having to explain why the home's not selling to sellers. I want you guys to all look at this market as an opportunity to crank up your listing inventory. This is where you establish your value. This is the market that you shine, right? And know in my business, you know, I, I would maintain anywhere between 60 and 100 active listings, right? And, and, and the average days in the market at the time was 90 days, right? But it allowed me to ramp up my inventory. It allowed me to control the leads. It allowed me, you know, because every sign should generate 2.7 buyers per sign. 
It was a better return on my time and a better return on my investment. And then I would qualify the buyers and then, you know, have a team of buyer agents that would, that would work with the, you know, work with the leads that the listings generated. Awesome. Love it. Uh, and that's uh, definitely something I wanted you to get a chance to get across because I know there's a lot of folks out there that either work both or they, they have been working buyers primarily. And that's always a big question. So Greg, what's, uh, you want to jump in with any questions or comments before we kind of dive into uh, building the machine? Yeah, I mean, the first comment that I have is, you know, uh, for the audience out there is, let, let me just sh- share with you that we're dealing with somebody right now or talking with somebody, Haas here, that has actually done it versus somebody that's read about it and has turned around and written a book about it. In other words, this person is actually sharing his experiences. So I just I just warn everybody and, and, and request that everybody really get a pen and paper and start taking notes because this is a conversation I think that Hosk and I can have that's going to just be overflowing with, with, with nuggets. So that's the only comment that I want to make. And I want to just get into the damn conversation about how the heck do we take 20 plus listings per month because that's exciting to me. All right. Haas, let's uh, let's dive in. First of all, what do you mean by listing machine? Man, putting signs in the ground, list to last, man, having inventory, controlling your market, something generating your own leads, not having to buy leads, you know, having a machine that generates not only a consistent amount of listing leads, but also the ability to convert those leads into signs in the ground. And to me, that's what a machine is. So that starts from mindset to marketing to systems to conversion, right? So if you're going to build a machine, you got to have all those components. You know, one of the, you know, I, I got my uh, my butt handed to me when I got into real estate. So I'm not going to act like I was always successful at it. I, I failed miserably at it. Um, I, I blew fifty thousand dollars my first six months in the business. Um, it was brutal, right? I made made a lot of mistakes. Uh, and six months in, I, I hired a coach. My coach says, "Haas, why should your why should those prospects hire you over your competitor? Why should they?" And, and uh, and I didn't know the answer to that question. And, and you know, in in real estate, that's the ultimate question that every one of you need to ask yourself: is why? Why you? What is it that separates you from everybody else? What value do you bring to the marketplace to those sellers? And so that's the first step. And I believe that that you know is in marketing is the differentiation, your unique advantage, separating yourself from everybody else. Once you're clear with that. Then you go to the marketplace and you communicate that. You communicate it through prospecting. You communicate it through, you know, Facebook targeting nowadays, right? Through follow-up, through, you know, communication. So, you know, I think marketing is a big part and a a great place to start because knowing that is what's going to get you conversion of what separates you and why they should tell you yes. Yeah. You know, you know, the thing that I, I thought about, Ross, and I think I've shared this with some people in my office in the past. Look, if you don't know why they should hire you, then they're surely not going to know why they should hire you. And sometimes it's not. And I would say the majority of the time, it's not that you have to speak to them about and tell them why they should hire you. It's the fact that if you know deep down in your own heart and your mind as to why they should hire you, then you're going to walk into that room with more confidence. You're you're going to sit down with more confidence. You're going to ask them to sign the contract with more confidence, and they're going to be confident in signing the contract or the listing agreement without even asking you any questions or, or asking you to handle any of their objections because there are none. People are not objecting to us when we're trying to ask for their listing. They're not objecting to us unless we haven't had the confidence or demonstrated the confidence that we're the right person for the job. 
People object right. to people that they sense are not confident in their abilities to sell that property. That's just my two cents on that. It's energy, right? So it's energy. That's they want, you know, a, a, a seller wants the agent to handle the situation. They want a confident agent that they don't have to worry about, well, how many homes does this person sell? Are they going to do anything to market this property? I mean, I don't even know. I don't even really know them. We want to answer all of that address all of that, let them feel that through passion, communication, confidence, being, you know, being able to control the situation. And that's really what it is. It's, a, it's being able to passionately communicate that differentiation to where they, they, they removes all doubt that you're the number one choice for the one that they need to list with. And that's why the marketing is important because you need to know the answer. If you're going to build a listing machine, you've got to know the answer to the question of, well, what are you going to do to market my home? Right. Most agents say, well, I'm going to put the they'd start with well. And anytime they start with well, it goes into they don't know. Right. It goes into the rabbit hole. You want to have talking <laughs> points to be able to quickly address these types of, of questions. Right. And, and really, when somebody asks you, what are you going to do to market my home? For example, they don't really want to know what you're going to do to market their home. They just want to know that you have a marketing plan that's going to get the property sold for top dollar to achieve the thing that they want to achieve. Yes. Right. Yes. And, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and sharing with them your plan with that energy that I'm calling confidence is what allows them to say, yes, you're the right person for the job right. of selling my property. Got it. Right. So, so what are some of the things then, Haas, like if somebody did ask a, an agent, so what are you going to do to sell my home? What are some simple, a few, one or two things that maybe an agent can actually say that would, 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 would ha add value to a potential seller, but not necessarily be in the context of I'll spend $10,000 a month on Zillow, um, you know, uh, right. public, uh, finding buyers. What are, what are a few things that they could say? So you got to brand the plan. So whatever the plan is, you want to have a name for it. In my business and what I coach and teach, you know, my clients, they, they, they just take my model and it's the 89-point marketing plan. So when I'm on an, an appointment and I'm talking to a seller, I'm going to use this 89-point marketing plan um, to establish my value, to show, my, to, to, to show them how we're able to get results. And everything ties back to the marketing plan. Right. So it would look like something like this. Mr. Seller, look, it's not a question of if, uh, you know, if we're able to get the property sold. Right. Our, our 89 point marketing plan works magic in getting properties just like yours and will have been subdivision sold quickly and for the most amount of money. Now, we're the best at this at marketing homes for top dollar and getting them sold. So I'm not going to dive into all 89 things today because I'd be here all night. But what I do want to do is I want to cover these top things that we do that are going to differentiate us and are going to be able to allow us to get this home sold for top dollar. Allow me to explain. And, and I positioned it this way where they don't need to know all 89 things because they don't want to know all 89 things, but I'm going to talk, but right. So that removes yeah. the doubt if I have a marketing plan. And then I'm going to say, but I'm going to show you the top things that I want to, you know, and I, and I pick the top things. Um, yeah. and, and I think that those top things, let's, let's say five things, everybody. So if, if I'm giving you an answer, you want five, of the, five things that you would get into in the area of marketing that are specific, that would differentiate you. Um, but with the understanding that you have 84 other things. Right. And, um, and you don't need to get into it because if you get they don't want to know all the details, they just want to know that you have a plan. So, Matt, I hear, here's what I get. Like, I'm the seller, Haas, and you just use that script on me. I don't care what the five things are. <laughs> exactly. Right. I, I'm already convinced that you have a plan.
Right. It's it's got 89 points on it. That's worth the commission I'm going to have to pay you. That's given me certainty that I'm going to hire somebody that's actually not going to just list it and forget it. They're actually going to like I you just gave me certainty in the way that you answered. Right. It wasn't it wasn't the items, it was the way that you answered. Please audience, take note, replay this multiple times, write that out, script it, role play it, practice it and use it on every listen appointment you go to over the next month and tell us what the results are. So what's the next step? Yeah, I want to make a point I, I like on that. Here, here, this is a point and it's psychological, you guys. So like and and it's through experience that I've experienced. People don't want to know the details. They just want to know that you have the plan. You communicate with confidence. They don't need to ask other questions. And so if you fail at that, though, and you fail to give them the confidence that you have a plan, that's when you get the questions. Well, what are you going to do to market my home? Well, what happens then? Well, how do you do this? And, that, and then you're toast on the appointment, right? They've, they have then taken control. And so you want to control that, that conversation. Um, and they... It, it never ever get into specific detail of every single thing that you do because it leads them to more confusion and more questions and more of, well, I don't know, and more overwhelm, which leads to inaction. So be bullet pointed exactly on what, how you communicate that and don't get in the weeds with them because they don't want you to be in the weeds. They just want to know that you have a plan. I give people the example of, you know, you know, and, and I want to get into politics, everybody, because I'm neutral, right? But, you know, a great message in that would be how Trump won the, the, what, the messaging of make America great again. It would be the same type of example. Well, how are you going to do it? Doesn't matter how we're going to do it. We're just going to make America great again, right? Didn't get into the weeds of how he was going to do it. The messaging, and it's an important thing in how we, in, you know, in, in, you know, he did a great job of it, but also in our own business, we want to be able to have the messaging that answers all the questions and it removes all doubt to, for them to ask any more questions, if that makes sense. Yeah, I totally get it. I love it. I think it's a perfect example. Perfect example. Right. Love that. And, and Haas, I love the, uh, I think probably a lot of people miss that, the the brand, the plan. And that's yeah. true for a lot of things, right? Any Anytime you give something a name, especially a catchy, clever, memorable, something that's that's crystal clear and direct and, and communicates what it is, but also wraps it up in some sort of... Um, wraps it up into a package that people, it, it gives them the idea that this is a thing that you have poured a lot of thought and time into and has evolved over time. If you just right. say, hey, we have, yeah, we do you know, these things. They could be the exact same things, but just putting it into that package and giving it like brand it, giving it a name makes such a huge difference. And uh, that's something that you can do. I mean, cost you can expand that to a lot of other areas. And this is just a, a one tiny example of that is to brand the plan. Hey Amen. In, in every niche, right? In every niche, you have a plan that creates differentiation. But the great thing about that is it allows you to create, you know, a competitive advantage out of thin air. I mean, you can create a program out of thin air that solves a problem that nobody else has, and you're able to communicate it and 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 sell against it, and and it creates doubt in the mind of a seller. And that's the key on the seller appointment is we want to create doubt in the seller's mind of going with anybody other than us. Um, and that's an important thing. So those five things that you do different to market a home need to create doubt in, in, in the fact of nobody else will do those things. Yeah, that's a great point. Excellent. All right, well, let's flip the, the script a little bit and go back to marketing, but attack it from the other angle. So, right, so there's, there's the marketing that you do for a property, which is, that's the professional service we're delivering. But then there's the marketing to attract the listing leads. So let's talk about how do you build a marketing machine that brings in those listing appointment opportunities? 
Do you have any answer to that? Yeah, please. Let's go. Let's dive into it. Um, I, I say start off with the niche. So, and this is important. Like for me, like I started my first business. I've been self-employed my whole life, but I started my first business, Pratt Lawns, calling the white pages of a phone book. And I and and from that first time, and the business is still in business today. I was you know making a ton of money as a teenager from this business that I started by just picking up a phone book. So I'm jaded when it comes to this. Like, I believe you control your destiny. I believe you can make anything happen. I believe that you can do anything as long as you can control the outcome and the outreach, not waiting for those people to come to you, but you to go to them. And so in, in real estate, there's, there's really, really awesome niches that you can, that you have the data available that have a need. Um, and, and you provide the solution that we're able to go to. Fizbo's are an example for sale by owner, expired listings, Probate is a big growing you know, niche you know, that people are, are, are um, you know, doing really well in. You know, those types of niches. So like, what niche could you go after that is, uh, creates opportunity within your local market? For me, mine were Fizbo's. Um, the first day I went after Fizbo's, um, I, I took a listing. The next day I took another listing. The third day I took another one, and like, it never stopped, man. Like, I, was just, I got the Fizbo niche dialed in. For my first six months, remember the first six months of real estate, um, I didn't sell a single house. And then from the first day, my six months, I started going after Fizbo's. And I don't know why I didn't go after Fizbo's that whole time, because I was willing to do the work. I was willing to pick up the phone. I was willing to pound the phone. I was willing to make, do whatever it takes. And so the first time I started calling them, I started listing you know, a home. And uh, my first year in real estate, all of which, the second part of my first year, I did $8 million, and every one of them came from sellers from Fizbo's. Um, and I built a machine for Fizbo's and it was easy, right? It was, and, it, and, and so if you want to build a machine, you would start with the niche and then, and then you focus on one niche at a time, right? I maximize, this is important because I didn't go after Fizbo's and expires at the same time, two different skills, right, Greg, right? Yes. Going, calling Fizbo's is totally different than calling expires. Your style's different. Your, you know, so I know we all tend to put them all in the same category, but they couldn't be further from, you know, different. And so um, start with one niche at a time, dominate the niche, master the skills, and then go on to the next one. And then that's how I did it. I went one niche at a time uh, to build a machine. And I started with Fizbo's, then it went to expireds. Then I went to direct mail. I mailed 25,000 postcards a month. And like, but I started there, right? Because the business was coming in, I was making money. Then I could go out after and do direct mail. Um, I think that's an important, you know, step, right? Start with sweat equity. Once you're making the money from the sweat equity, then you take the money you make and you reinvest it into the next step. Let, let me ask you this. So let's just say that you were going to go into a new market today and, and you were going to, um, you know, take on four sub owners as your niche. You're going into a new market, knowing what you know and all the things you've learned over the years that you've been doing this and hustling, what would be the first one or two, maybe two to three things you would do going into a brand new market, working the FISBO niche that you know when you did those things, you are probably going to be the top FISBO uh, listing agent and in, in sales agent in that town. What are a few things that you would do? Persistence is the first word that comes to mind. I would be persistent, more persistent than everybody, more consistent than everybody. And so I'd have a 60-day action plan for every FISBO. Um, and I would mail them a letter every every week to two weeks, depending on the time frame. So it would be a, a campaign over 60 days where I delivered a message in each of those letters, right, that separated myself. I talked to them about my smart seller program that allows them to sell the property themselves while it's listed with me. 
I would talk about my, my aggressive marketing plan. If they decide to explore other options, I just ask for an opportunity to apply for the job. We have an 89-point marketing plan that can help you. The next letter would be, um, would talk about my easy exit listing. If they hired me, they didn't like me, they could fire me on the spot. I'm here to help. My next one would be a 90 things report. You know, here, check this out. It's a 90 things report. So, like, I would be communicating with them over the course of 60 days, and I would be following up with every one of those letters with a phone call. And, um, and I would just keep pressing, keep pressing, keep pressing, keep communicating, and I, would just, I wouldn't go anywhere until they said I'm ready. Um, and, and that's what I would do. That's how I did it, and that's the only way I know to do it successfully is a combination of multiple communications happening consistently. Greg, the reason I've never sold a buyer in my life is because I would never missed a day of prospecting and lead generation for sellers. So I said no to buyers to say yes to that. And uh, that answer came up earlier, I guess, the question of, well, what, ha- you know, well, what happens whenever you have buyers and this? It's time. You, you, I, you just got to say no. You can't do everything. And, and I think that's an important thing, right, to say what you're saying yeah. yes to, what you're saying no to. That's awesome. I love it. I appreciate you answering that question because I know some people are going to take away those nuggets because, I, I, I mean, listen, Haas, <laughs> what you just said was really easy. But right. So I, I have my own answer, but I'm wondering, what you said was easy, so why in the world do so many people fail at it in this business? You know what I find? I find therapy in doing the work that most avoid. So like my therapy, I've, I've been self-employed my whole life, so like I, I have not been conditioned to go in, just show up and do nothing, right? I grew up working on a dairy farm. I'm a farm boy. Like I, I just, you know, I throw in square bales as a kid. I've always done the work, but I found therapy in the work, and I've, and I've just experienced... Mm in my life that the, everything comes from the work and, and, uh, and through the work develops the skills and the, you know, at every level. So, um, you know, you got to do the work. You can't, people are not just going to come to you. You got to go to them. You got to do the work. And, uh, and I know that, and I, I've experienced it in my life and I've experienced it through coaching people, um, through, for many reasons, but you got to do so the you work. Gotta, you got to show up to blow up. That's right. And here's why. Here's why. And here's why. We talked about this last time. Here's why you have to show up. Because you got to build the skills. You know, you got to build the skills. I'll give you a great, this is a great thing. I, I met with my, a, a guy that does loans. He did, he's a loan officer here in Dallas. He's been a great friend of mine for a long, long, long time. He's been extremely successful. He's 10 years older than me. And, um, and I asked him this question. I said, at, you know, and on the journey of earning, at what time, like, when does you, do you start to, like, get rewarded? Like, I remember my 20s, I was just working hard. 30s are the earning years. Well, what are the 40s, right? And I was asking this question just because I want to know, like, because I see, you know, as you go, the different types of levels you are. And he said, in your, the first, you know, 30%, 33% of your life, you know, of working life, you spend it being underpaid, um, the next, you, you spend it being, um, uh, be, uh, being, um, um, well, being paid for what you're worth. And then the next third, you're, you're, you are way overpaid, right? And, and I said, and I go, because you develop the skills, right? You develop the, now you, and he goes, and that's why it's really important to stay in one thing for a long time. And it's true, Right. So like, you got to stay in the game. You got to stay in real estate. You can't get out. You got to stay in it for a long time to, you know, to, to master that and to, to be able to gain all the fruits that that can provide you. And that was my takeaway. And I think that's good advice for everybody, right? 
Yeah, that's good. Absolutely. Hey, Greg, I'm curious for you, I start going back to the concept of starting with a niche and really and combining that with the idea of really going deep and, and spending a lot of time in one thing. I'm curious, what, what niche did you start in? And just looking out over the landscape and all the agents that you talked to, uh, would you recommend the same niche that you started in? Or would you recommend you know something different for, a, you know, let's say, an agent that's kind of getting started on that journey to become a dominant listing agent? Yeah. So, um, good question. So the way that I approached it is I started in an actual circle prospecting, just sold calls, cold calling. That's what I started. And I, I thought that that was the fastest way to get more, the most reps in the shortest period of time. Right. So I could make, uh, you say uh, double dialing, you know, hand dialing the way we did it without auto dialers, I maybe do 20 contacts an hour in three hours or 60 contacts. Well, I look at it as I had 60 conversations and then, um, and, and then tomorrow I had 60 more and the next day I had 60 more. So I was getting so many reps. Now, one, once I got comfortable with talking to people and, and, and talking to strangers, then I immediately went into the expireds. I don't think that there was any reason I chose expireds more so than I could have. The Haas chose FISBOs. I can say that I deliberately chose cold calling to get the practice. And then I went into a higher quality lead source, which was expireds. It could have been for sub owners. And then I stayed in my expired lane for quite a long time, for multiple years. And then I kind of dabbled in for sale by owners, but then I brought in a listing partner that they made for sale by owners their lane. I stayed in my lane on expireds. When we had extra time, because we already called all of them, we went back to cold calling to, to make sure that we hit our 60 contacts a day. And that was the beginning of building our listing machine, at least in context of the, of, of putting gasoline, you know, in the engine. Yeah. And what I love about that is, first of all, you guys have two different niches, but especially with you, Greg, with starting with circle prospecting, that's something that will never not exist. The ability to just pick up at least in, until you know calling becomes illegal or something. But I mean, there's as much excuses as people can throw out, you know, for well, there's no expireds in my market. There's no, you know, there's no for sale by owners in my market. Greg, you started by just picking up the phone and calling around homes that sold. That's something that anybody can do in any market. Yeah, it doesn't matter if there's a lot of expires, a lot of FISBOs, things are selling, they're not selling. That was you just pick up the phone and make the calls. And even if calls are become illegal one day in the future, circle prospecting will not go away. Because as Jeb Blount said in our last podcast, forget about cold calling and calling and telemarketing and all these concepts. It's talking to people. Talking to a set amount of people every single day will not go away. That's it. Yeah, it's true. All right, Haas. So we've covered uh, the marketing perspective from two sides. So I don't want to uh, uh, beat that horse because I, I love that su that subject a little bit too much. But uh, let's move on to the next step. So let's say you have this marketing machine that's generating opportunities, right? How do you start to convert those opportunities into listings? All right. So um, the answer is systems, and I'll talk about that. But I want to talk make one point. Because there's a word that some of you have in your mind that you have a negative connotation towards, and it's called cold calling. Um, yeah. I've like cold calling to me. I mean, like I'll give you an example. Calling expired listing is not cold calling. I mean, think about it, y'all. That is like a sizzling hot, smoking hot lead, a seller who is already on the market. An agent failed to sell the home, 
and now that you have an opportunity to get a, to list this home, to turn to make this person happy. Like, don't look at calling expires as like it's this black plague type cold calling, right, Greg? I mean, yeah. right? It's just I mean, cold calling people. was me calling the white pages of the phone book. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, now, that's cold. circle calling. That's may be cold more calling. Cold. <laughs> that is cold calling. I mean, you don't even know where you're calling. Because yeah. every so number circle calling is more cold, but you know, creates yeah. opportunity. Right. Right, that's but right. Fizbo's. Hot, smoking hot seller lead. I mean, are you kidding me? Like, if you if you did a direct mail campaign, you would have to spend you know a lot of money to find a seller that goes, "Hey, me, I'm interested." So let's go after the niches that the hundred percent of the niche is going. I want to sell. Like to me, hands down, the best two niches are Fizbo's and Expires. I'm a huge fan. I've seen it, you know, in my business and Greg's business. Here's one thing you notice on the two stories, though. Me and Greg did not, not dominate 100 niches. We dominated two, um, you know, in two different niches. And, and, and that's an important distinction because if you're like, you know, well, how many niches do I need to go after? You only need one niche. One niche will pay the bills. And then, then the other niche is where you would break in the next level. So, like, you know, whatever it is for you, it, it's not a lot of niches, but just a few. And so let me answer the question on now what? It's got to be systemized. So you want to build a pipeline of, of, of sellers that are, that are at every level of communication with you, from brand new people who just came on the market to people you've been in contact with for six months. And so the only way this happens, and it sounds elementary, but I'm going to tell it, is you've got to depend on a CRM for, to manage a listing machine. You can't do it. And you can't do it. It's impossible to do it without a CRM, without leveraging the technology. And, um, you know, I know there's a lot of options with CRMs, but, um, you know, I believe that the best CRM is the one that you use. Um, but you want to build these follow-up campaigns. You want to um, you want to make it easy to be able to bring the leads in from the lead source into the CRM, right? So whether, you know, there, you pick a lead source that does all of it in one, um, that part's important. And I'll give you a piece of advice. I don't believe there's a perfect system. Everyone has flaws. So don't look for the perfect system. Just Pick the one that works best for you. 100% agreed. Yeah, Greg, we covered that uh, on the Mike Ferrante episode a little bit. So if anyone's curious about that, about the, the decision-making process to select a CRM, <clears throat> go back and listen to that episode of Level Up. But Greg, let's dive into that a little bit. So I'm curious on your side, when you take, uh, you know, when you take a new listing lead into kind of your ecosystem, where does that go and how is it followed up with? Well, I think the fr- most important part of this conversation is what's the, your definition of a lead? Okay. <laughs> so, okay. So let me give you like some, like if you're a brand new agent, your definition of a lead is somebody that owns a property and still breathing. So what you're going to do with that particular lead is going to be totally different than what I'm going to do because my definition of a lead is they called me, they told me they wanted me to list the property and I feel they're not going to give me any objections and it's only going to take me 10 or 15 minutes to get this, the thing signed. And if that's not going to be the situation, then I'm not going to ever work with it. Somebody else is. Okay, so now we have to, so the, the point here is that you have to determine what your definition of a lead is. 
And then the, you know, the Mike Ferry rule would be the definition of a lead is somebody who's going to list a property um, within the next seven days or has the ability to list the property within the next seven days. Now, if that's going to be your definition, then you're going to realize that you're not going to come across a lot of people that are going to say, I'm going to want to list with you in, or, or be convinced that they're going to list in seven days. So then what are you going to have to do? You're going to have to do way more calling. Your contacts are going to have to be a lot higher in order to identify enough people that fit that definition. So let's just assume that mine is in the next seven days and I'm going to get that lead. I'm going to put them in a CRM. A few emails are going to go out, but I say, if I call this a lead, that's going to lead to list with me even in the next seven to 14 days, then I'm going to call them at a minimum every other day. And if I find that I open up my hot lead file or open up my CRM and I sit there and I have a lead right here and then I, I flip the page and I don't call it because that happens all the time. We say, oh yeah, we've got all these follow-up to do. And then you open up your file and you're like, no, I'll call them tomorrow. No, I'll call them tomorrow. You want the best way to tell whether or not you've got a good lead is how motivated you are to call them. And if you keep procrastinating on following up, then consider that they're not that quality of a lead because you've got to get into the mindset that if this is a lead, I've got to call them every day. And if they don't want you to call them every day, it's because they're not a lead. So in my mind, I'm very, I, I, I'm very careful at what I call a lead. Now, let's just say what I get a listing name somebody that's outside of, 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 of this, what I call my definition of a lead, then I'm going to put them into the Infusionsoft uh, you know, uh, CRM. I'm going to be dripping on them for months. I'm going to be monitoring their click patterns as they're watching videos or getting content. It's going to trigger an alert. We're going to call them and follow up with them. I'm going to have you know like cloud CMA type CMAs going out to them on a monthly basis through automation to make sure that I'm nurturing them. And then we'll make sure that we're actually Actually putting them on a call rotation at least quarterly could be monthly depending on what we feel like their uh, their time frame is cool love it that's a really interesting point I've never heard you say anything to that effect the best way to know if you have a good lead is how motivated you are to call them I like it yeah Hoss systems good <laughs> so you know here's, so here's one thing I would do like on this it, to help you to help our listeners is is um you know if if you let's say let's say a fisbo for example if a fisbo uh, you know for me if I'm gonna market and I'm gonna spend money on marketing this person I want to know I want to know that I have an opportunity right so for me I I ask qualifying questions at the front of every first communication so the last part of this you know for me right in, in building the machine is conversion. Um, which is knowing that we're communicating and marketing to the right prospects, right? So, um, and I love that definition of a lead. I think it's, it's huge. You know, the question of how do we find out if they're a lead? Like, I'll give you, give you an example. Um, and, and here's what I want you to take away for the listeners is, is the answer is usually in asking more questions. So think about asking more questions at the front end of every first communication. So let's say, Matt, you're the FISBO, and, and, I, and I get your lead. I put you in my system the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to call you. I'm going to say, hey, Matt, I saw you're selling your property, Fizbo. Want to know, are you, still, are you uh, willing to pay a 3% co-op if I brought you a qualified buyer? And let's say you said, yeah, sure, I'll pay you 3%. I'm willing to do that. I'm just, you know, wanting to try it on my own. Or they're going to say, no, I'm not paying 3%. Okay, delete, next, 
Get them out of the system. Gotcha. Why? Because yep. if they're paying three, they're not going to pay my commission. Next is, is how long is um, how long are you going to try to sell the property on your own before you decide to explore other options? And whatever answer they give you, then you cut it in half. Now I know their timing. So I know if they say six months, they're going to list in 90 days. And then lastly is, okay, so in that six months, let's say if you do decide to explore their options, do you have a close friend or family member that you would feel obligated to work with, or will you be up for interviewing some aggressive agents? No, I, you know, I don't know anybody. I guess I'd be up for interviewing aggressive agents. Okay, well, great. I'm going to send you some information to help you out and get the property sold. If you have any questions, let me know. All I ask is if you do decide to explore their options, I want an opportunity to apply for the job. Like, that's how every FISBO call that I ever made went. The first communication was that, right? I just I, I qualified them through those three questions, and then I told them that what was going to happen next, which was I'm going to send them some information, and then they go on my plan. And then I'm I'm on it, staying on them, persistent, following up, and that's how I you know believe that's how it works. That's how I did it. Yeah, awesome, very cool. All right, so uh, so we've gone through marketing, we've gone through systems, and we've gone through a little bit on the conversion side, right? So uh, so let's talk about uh, just kind of where people start because we've only got a couple minutes left. So what is what is people's first step to kind of um, make start making that transition from working either half and half and kind of dabbling in buyers and sellers and kind of you know running a kind of a mixed business and start to really transition? You want to go ahead, Greg? Uh, sure. Yeah, I, I would say um, it starts with the business plan. It, it really starts with uh, sitting down for a moment. It's, it's like people need to slow down, sit down. And kind of map out their thoughts on what is it that I want to accomplish. I want to go ahead and I want to be a uh, create a build a listing machine. Okay, well, what does that mean? Well, a listing machine is five listings a month, twenty listings a month. Well, let's just choose ten listings a month. Now, all of a sudden, you said my my definition of a listing machine is ten listings per month. And then you get and say, okay, well, which one, as Haas says, what's going to be my niche? Okay, well, FISBOs is going to be my niche. Well, then how many FISBOs am I going to have to actually talk to to get enough appointments to actually get 10 listings? Okay, I'm going to have to talk to 30 listings, uh, 30 FISBOs to get 15 appointments to get 10 listings. Okay, so now you go in your marketplace and say, where in the heck am I going to find the information to, to talk to those 30 people? And if I, if I need to talk to 30 people, I'm going to have to probably call, um, you know, 70 people. So I need to go and find those 74 sub owners in my market. And then I would start dialing the phone and doing the things that Haas said. But to answer the question, I would actually identify what does it mean? What is the actual goal, not I want to be uh, take more listings. You got to be more specific. I want to take 10 listings. I want to take them for four sub owners. That means I'm going to have to go on 15 appoint, uh, presentation, call 30 people uh, or talk to 30 people, but dial 70 people. I want to work in reverse and get all of that done. And then I want to get into action. That's the first step that I would take. Love it. Haas, how about you? Let's say someone gets the book, Listing Boss, and they're sitting going, okay, what's what's the next step? How do I how do I get started? What would you recommend? Man, I was just sitting there thinking about what Greg said. I have a mantra. I believe that, right? So it's putting it put it put knowing what you want is huge. And it sounds simple, but the reality is most people don't know what they want. They don't know if they want five listings, they don't know if they want thirty. I always wanted thirty listings. So every day I'd put a sign on the ground. Every day I told myself a, a listing a day will keep the doctor away. Let's go put another sign on the ground. So I my focus every day was literally a sign in the ground, right? 30 listings a day. And that was my standard. And that became my, 
my obsession, right? And that's really what it becomes is you want to you wanna be so focused on that number that you're obsessed with it. So it's easy to say no to buyers. It's easy to say no to your friends. And it's easy to say no to the, you know, the, maybe the things that hold you back. Um, and, and that's an important thing. Now, I believe this too. I believe having a plan. And I want to just encourage everybody that um, this book, I actually have a business plan. There's an eight-page business plan at the back of this book that will take you exactly through what Greg just said. Reverse engineer. If you want to you know, take 30 listings a month, this is how you do it. This business plan in, in this book it, it, it's amazing. It'll help you and it'll give you that, those answers. So get my book. Um, and, um, my advice is to follow a model. If you're going to build a listing machine, you've got to have a model to follow. Um, I, I, models are everything. And, uh, if, if, if this isn't the model, find a model, but you know, have your model and apply massive action, uh, towards the model and don't be outcome oriented, uh, be action oriented. Don't worry about the outcome. Just worry about your actions. The outcome will happen. Right. If you focus on the right actions in the now. So um, and, and can I tell them how to get my book, Matt? Is that cool? Yeah, of course. I was going to uh, make list- it if you didn't. <laughs> All right. Good. Listingbossbook.com. And here's what I'm going to do for you all is um, I, I, I'll, I'll um, if you pay shipping and handling, I'll ship it to you. It's seven ninety five. Just you pay shipping and handling. I'll, I'll, I won't charge you anything for the book. You just pay shipping and handling and you can get it at uh, listingbossbook.com, listingbossbook.com. And if you read this thing and you can't stand it, you think it's horrible, mail it back. I'll refund your money and I'll let you keep the book. How's that? <laughs> Just get the book and read it. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. Love it. And then, Greg, for you, how do people reach out and connect with you? Hey, man, just have them reach out to me at gregharrelson at gmail.com. Uh, I, I will make a commitment to answer um, almost every single email that uh, comes back to me. Sometimes a few get, uh, you know, slipped through the cracks, but I'd be happy to uh, to help you out. And if you have any uh, real estate referrals for Charleston or Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, uh, please send them my way. Awesome. Awesome, guys. And then for the podcast itself, uh, I mentioned the Mike Ferrante episode where we went deep into how to decide on a CRM. Uh, I just also want to briefly mention Haas was actually the very first guest. So if you like what you heard today and you like Haas's approach, the very systematic blueprint-based approach to building a listing business, go back to the very first episode of Level Up and download his original episode, which is still, if not number one, I think it's the number two episode uh, of all time for the podcast. You can get that on iTunes or Stitcher. You can also watch it on YouTube, either one of those, uh, any one of those places is great, depending on whether you want the video or audio versions. That's the best place to uh, connect with the show. And then Greg, you and I did a, uh, a free training video on how to get started. You very briefly kind of mentioned that all of these follow-up systems that you use to nurture sellers and turn mm-hmm. them from the average agent's definition of a lead into a Harrelson lead, which is very important. We want, we want Harrelson leads. Um, so all of that is done uh, in Infusionsoft. You don't have to use that necessarily, but that's what you use, Greg, because the power is there. And so we did a whole training training video on this. Uh, that's at the leveluppodcast.com slash free. Uh, you can pop your email in there. Uh, you'll get the latest episodes of the show and you'll get access to that free training video on how to get started and going that down that direction. So that is uh, that is all for today, guys. Haas, this has been awesome. Greg, this has been a, a super high-level conversation, exactly what we had in mind. Um, and yeah, we just appreciate everyone being here today with us. This has been great. Yeah. Thanks, Haas. Thanks, I really appreciate Thank it. You guys. I really appreciate, appreciate it, man. Good y'all. job.